0: Hello Thomas Ross Parry, how are you doing? Hello Matt,
1: I'm doing good thank you, how are you this week?
0: I'm not too bad, um, we tried to to clap in this introduction and over the power of the internet that didn't really go as well as we were hoping to, however one thing I know we can do over the power of the internet Tom Parry is podcast.
1: Oh, oh marvellous Matthew, you saved that one again.
0: I try my best, it's Tom and Matt and
1: I was going to say, then, it's sort of like when you have a race. Three, two, one, go. And when we were doing the clapping, it was like three, two, one, and I was clapping, and I'm missing the go. That is probably why I'm really bad at Mario and Sonic Olympic Games. You think? False starts, you know.
0: Uh, I see. I just brought it back into games then, Matt. I, just I, I it. know. I saw what you did, and I appreciate it. It's just as well, you're not at the actual Olympics, though, isn't it? Because Britain would get disqualified, Tom Parry, you'd be the disgrace of a nation. But fortunately, you're not. You're the nation's sweetheart of podcasting.
1: Oh, oh, oh. After you, of course, Matthew.
0: I'm not in the UK anymore, am I? I'm in Denmark. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. I'm back in the separated geographically UK for th- again.
1: For those uh, who are interested. <laughs> We're not across the table this time.
0: No, we are not. Only digitally across the table.
1: Which is pretty much the same, although I can't smell you.
0: No, I mean, I can send over a a shirt if you really want to, Mm, that you can can sleep with and do whatever you want. I'm not going to judge. Matthew, I have
1: to say, you don't have an overpowering odour. In fact, I would go as far as saying you smell fine.
0: Good. Thank you, Tom. I would say
1: likewise. Oh, thank you. I'm not too sweaty.
0: Okay, so now we've established our geographical locations and our level of BO, yeah. how are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, things are good. Uh, got back here, I've had the opportunity to play a few games. Video games? I played Spider-Man on the PS4, okay. I played Samurai Showdown on the PS4. Um, I played a few other things as well, but they're the ones that are uh, sticking in my, my mind as some of most recently played things, and I have to say... Samurai Showdown, particularly impressive. Not disappointed with that game.
0: I've heard nothing but good things.
1: Yeah, and it's it's an expensive game still. I, I'd like it to maybe get out there and get a bit more popular, and maybe if it was a bit cheaper, more people would uh, buy it. But the only thing I'd say about it that's a little disappointing... It's not disappointing, it's just unoriginal, I suppose, is the fact it's sort of Ape Street Fighter Four's visual style. Right. So it, that, that aspect of the game doesn't feel entirely original, but it really captures that feudal Japan era. And the uh, the stylistic approach, that, well, similar to Street Fighter, really suits Samurai Showdown. Yeah. Even more than it did Street Fighter, to be honest.
0: Probably. I mean... That
1: ink thing, you know, that it's got going for it. Mm-hmm. Like Japanese uh, calligraphy, you know. Um... Yeah. Uh, how the uh, characters are rendered in that sort of painterly They look uh, like style. a
0: Musha block print, is what they look like. Yeah, I would and, and the, the music,
1: fire. spot on. The presentation, the menu screens, everything's really well done, really easy to um, read and navigate. And the gameplay, I was worried it was going to be too difficult for me, because mm-hmm. Samurai Showdown, Centaurus, for being a bit more of a difficult fight. It's not exactly like Street Fighter or any of the other 2D fighters. But actually, it is accessible
0: okay. to those who
1: aren't Samurai Showdown experts as well. You can actually get pretty far in the game's uh, story mode without being uh, an expert.
0: Right. Does it do the thing to you, though, then, that some fighting games do where it completely tucks you up? Because you don't get good at doing combos or the, the slashes and things. And then you get into later matches where the difficulty ramps up. And then you're like, oh, no, I don't actually know how to play.
1: Well, potentially, I don't know everything about all the gameplay mechanics. Uh, I am playing it on a level which is like like Street Fighter. I know Street Fighter moves, and I'm I'm doing them. Like I've always played Samurai Showdown, the previous versions. But there's a slower pace to the game than Street Fighter. You know, you find yourself backing off. You find it's not as intense, and it's not there's not so much going on all the time. Mm -hmm. You can play it more strategically which is something I really quite like about it, actually, that it's not as fast as some of those other games.
0: Yeah, okay, that sounds good. I but... can
1: recommend it. It's beautiful, and it plays really well, and I got the uh, Pix and Love edition, which is the one in the in the box yeah. uh, with the art book and some art cards. It's even better than the uh, Street Fighter 30th anniversary one I got previously. There's more art cards in there. There's a certificate saying it's number 300 of 1,000 and all this. And they've really even upped their game. I, I thought the last one was good, but this one's even better. Cool. So I can totally recommend pixel and Love. If they if there's a game coming out that you really like, and they're doing a special edition of it, then pick it up. I know there's a Shamu one as well. I didn't get that one because I no. already bought the the regular version. But... Well,
0: you backed it on Kickstarter, didn't you? So no, I'm
1: talking about the um, release of one and 2.
0: Oh, okay. They do a, realize... they do a
1: version of that, yeah. And then I think they also they might be doing one for three as well, yeah. Which I backed on Kickstarter,
0: so... No, Pix and Love's a very interesting company, man. Like, they've yeah. done a lot of books, actually. Uh, they're a French outfit, and they've yeah. done a lot of books, especially there's one on Gunpei Yakoi that I would absolutely love to read. And that's not However, available in English. none of them are available in English, um, purely because translating a book is very, very expensive, and they've just not had the success in translating books to English, which is bizarre for me because I thought broader audience maybe, but no, apparently not.
1: Yeah, they started doing bilingual editions uh, for the games at least, because yes. the Samurai Showdown has both French and English. hmm uh, Whereas the Street Fighter one was purely uh, French.
0: Yeah. And I think you sense.
1: often have the choice on the website if you want to buy now the, the English or the French, but I think the English just always comes with the French anyway, so yeah, because on the back of the box there's a little sticker they've put on saying this is the PS4 English version. Mm-hmm. So there might be a version that's just in French. Which seems interesting. Now, if you're going to print both of them, on the, why do you need a separate French-only edition? I Not sure. Anyway, uh, they're great. Check them out. Pix and Love do some great special editions of games, which, you know, do. know, don't normally get that special edition treatment by the uh, publisher, perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No, I... I... I've been interested to pick that game up. Uh I've heard nothing but good things and your winning recommendation of it. Um it makes me think I should probably pick it up. I've been playing a few things. Um mm-hmm. most notably I've been playing a bit more of Ace Combat Seven. And I have to say, as much as I enjoy playing that game, I do think there are some things they could improve in Ace mm. Combat Seven. So there's a lot of um as you would imagine in a game like this which is very military it, there's a lot of like success and fail criteria in each mission Uh-huh and there are cases where I was in a in a dogfight yesterday in one of the missions and I was flying around a huge battlefield and there were literally drones everywhere and there was a lot of other uh AI controlled pilots that I was supposed to be protecting However, they they would start getting into a, a fight the same way you would in Star Fox, where they would say, like, oh, no, Fox, help me. But they would be saying, like, ah, oh, Trigger, we need assistance, da-da-da-da-da, the drones are swanning all over me. And because of the way the game staggers, like, it's kind of got a sphere grid for a purchase play plane
1: hmm.
0: You don't get a lot of the in-game currency at one time. So upgrading your plane is actually pretty slow. And so my plane is not very fast, which meant that if I needed to travel like 11,000 kilometers or whatever it was to engage with these battles sometimes, by the time I got there, my friendly plane would be shot down and the mission would fail. However, Mm. the issue with this is, I then need to replay 15 minutes of the game to get back to that point.
1: Oh, yeah, that old chestnut. There's
0: a lot of... Even playing it on easy, which I am because I knew from past experience, playing the game on normal would not suit how I wanted to play the game because I knew that there was a lot of these strict failure things in the in the previous titles. Yeah. There's not really a lot of leeway. If something happens, then it's just, that's it. It's game over, restart the mission.
1: And, and that could be very frustrating by the sounds of it.
0: Yeah, there are some checkpoint stuff in the missions. However, I never really know when they happen. And so there was one mission I was playing. I think it's like the sixth mission where it's like, "Hey, you just have to like blow up stuff until you reach this point limit, and then tick down the timer." And so I was like, "Okay, I will do that." And about three or four minutes away from the end of that mission, they release a load of drones. But it plays a cutscene, which generally speaking means oh, you've gone into a checkpoint because we we've, we've shown a cutscene, yeah. and that wasn't the case. And I I, I came out of the cutscene. Crashed into a drone because I couldn't control my plane in the cutscene, and then I failed the mission. And I had to do 15 minutes of the game all over again. So, but was it's... it
1: fun to replay that, or did it get to the point where it was getting it started
0: to get to the point where it was a bit tedious, to be yeah. honest? Um, they do a lot of cool things. Like the last mission I played, I think, was like the seventh or eighth one, and I was flying through a valley taking out like anti aircraft guns, which is pretty cool. Because you were you were going in a lot of like tall like pillar like mountains and you were flying in between the gaps in them, which I thought was pretty cool and not really something I we experienced in the game. It kind of felt like a yeah. a Death Star trench run, but in an open environment, which is pretty not cool. Not
1: in the Welsh valleys. Not because in the Welsh isn't valleys. This is set in the real world, is it? Man? No, it's it is not. In, what was it called again? The Strange Real. Strange Real.
0: Yeah. But it also, at some point in that mission, I don't know if this is something Ace Combat's done before, but there was a lightning storm. And so you're just seeing these flashes of lightning and you were trying to, like, maneuver in this valley with lightning. And then your plane would get struck by lightning and then you would lose power momentarily as the the electrics in your plane shorted. And then you'd lose like your combat reticle for a couple of seconds as all these things were going on. But also, you're in a very tight valley, so chances are mm-hmm. you get hit by lightning, you crash into a wall, and then you need to replay 15 minutes again. <laughs> so it's like really say, cool ideas. It's a really interesting game.
1: The, the best aircraft combat simulator you've played, ever? Or?
0: Probably, but to be honest with you, I just kind of want to fly around a level and shoot stuff. I don't really need these extra levels the of obstacles. complication, but... At the same time, it's the seventh game in a franchise that's also had some spin-offs, so I understand why they did it this way, but But it's know.
1: accessible, isn't it? It's an arcade style combat simulator. It's not too full on in terms of uh controls and having to consider variables. No in,
0: uh... I'm They've... trying to explain. It. They've stripped as much back of like the flight sim stuff as they can. But it still yeah. makes the game a little bit too difficult, even on easy mode, which is a bit of a shame. I mm. think if it was a bit more forgiving, and then I think I would be more into it, but it isn't. Do they have cool music? Yes, the music in it is good. very good. Good. It's like Top Gun. Yes. Like... <laughs> yes, it's very cool. But great. It'd be great if
1: there was uh, maybe Top Gun Maverick uh, expansion or download content for Ace Combat 7.
0: That would be cool. Or maybe we'll be on Ace Combat 8 by then. Who knows?
1: Yeah, great tie-in. Uh, I mean, if they don't release their own Top Gun uh, video game, which they don't do anymore, do they? We're not getting video game versions of films anymore.
0: No, not which, so much these days.
1: Which is a terrible shame. Just think how good that Lion King video game would look now.
0: Think how bland and boring it would be though.
1: <laughs> well, there is that as well, isn't there?
0: <laughs> cool. Well I tell you a game which looks super
1: good, uh is Spider Man on the PS4. Spider Man? In terms of visuals, that that game is uh really impressive and the way it moves, the way everything animates, smooth, and how well integrated the um controls and abilities are and the combat. It's got a lot of levels to it. Um but it's still a game and it's still it's still like it's not like um it doesn't break the mould,
0: no. I wouldn't
1: say, in terms of a third person superhero action game. It's a very polished game and the controls I say are very well considered. But it's still a third person action game with the yeah. typical tropes of that, that genre. So I don't know what I expected of it really, uh but yeah, it's very well made. It it hasn't I haven't gone back to it though. No. That's that's the weird thing. I played it once. I thought, ah, this is pretty good, but it didn't give me enough pull to to come back to the game.
0: How would you compare it in terms of how much you've enjoyed it to, say, the Arkham games, which are obviously the other big standout superhero third person game of the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, well, it's a fast, faster, more action based game than than Arkham. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of fighting people, and then uh, web slinging. Yeah. Uh, so it's a different style of game, but it's got the same level of polish. You know, the Batman game, Arkham suits Batman because that's Batman's style. isn't Yeah. It? You know, it's got the detective aspect, but then occasionally he'll have to beat a few people up. This so far, at least in the first mission, was was fighting, really. And you're learning how to use your abilities to your best advantage. You can yeah. use your webs to pull objects and then use them to th- then throw those objects at enemies. There's a lot of different... And you don't just punch, you know, you can hold down the button, punch them into the air then follow that up with an air combo and then do this and that and build up your special meter. You'll find that your health goes... Well, of course, as you get damaged, your health will go down. The way you replenish that is to... uh, Like a special meter builds up as you beat people up. Then you use that special meter to heal yourself. Okay. By pressing down on the D-pad. So the more flashier moves you get, the more ability you'll have to heal within. Okay. So it rewards good, varied combat in that way. So you don't just get through by pressing a button over and over again. You have to dodge and you know do special moves too. Okay. And Spiderman, it's uh, the character Spider-Man Spiderman's captured perfectly. I, I think uh, he's a Spiderman we all know and love. Okay. He's a bit of an older Spider-Man as well. Uh, he's not like we see in uh, Far From Home or you know, Homecoming. He he is the more older teenager, young adult yeah. sp- okay. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's interesting. But
1: yeah, this is a game that's been out a while. I'm just coming to it now. But I can say it's it's very well made, very enjoyable. But it doesn't break that mold, not at least yet, within the first mission of the game.
0: I'm not sure it will, though, from my view.
1: And I don't think it will. And I don't know necessarily what, I, what I'm looking for out of these, because I do find increasingly that third-person action-adventure games probably aren't the type of games I enjoy the most. But I do like trying them out.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Hey, man.
1: I, 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 I have um, been the game I've been enjoying the most just lately has been Fast RMX on the
0: Switch. Okay.
1: Which is a futuristic racing game, it, I think it was a launch game where it came out close mm-hmm. to Switch's it launch. Did. The, the series has been on the Wii and the Wii U previously. Uh, yeah, it keeps me coming back for more. It's uh, it's a very tight uh, game. It, it plays very well and it's got some unique mechanics. A fun fact about it as well is um, I was playing it with our good friend Austin and he pointed out that one of the tracks was near identical to Mute City from F-Zero GX. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either, but the fact that they gone and actually replicated one of the tracks from that game was, I'm like, wow, they must be big
0: fans of F-Zero then. Cause... I mean, I, I think that's pretty evident by playing that game and that series, like, fast yeah. racing is generally pretty really F-Zero.
1: It's so fast that when I went to play uh, Team Site Racing afterwards, it felt incredibly slow.
0: Really? <laughs> well, I mean, they're two different games, aren't they? Like, uh... It
1: did. But I wondered if it had anything to do with the fact that the Switch version is thirty frames per second of the Sonic Team Racing, and I imagine that Fast is probably running at sixty, hence why it feels even faster than Sonic. Sonic's a great game. Don't get me wrong; I've hours of enjoyment out of that one. It's just it was so weird playing it, uh, after the other, and how slow it. I kind of just wanted it to be faster. Yeah. But that's what you get. I'm I'm really into these. uh, futuristic racing games at the minute so it's great that wipeout is now free on playstation plus yes uh that's the remade version of wipeout that was previously on the ps3 i think i don't Mm -hmm. think much has changed in between the two versions
0: except now it's free and now it's free
1: yeah that's great i'll be downloading that and giving that a whirl when i finish with the fast rmx
0: yeah i i might download it and give it a go. Wipeout is a good palate-cleansy game for me where I can just do a race or two and then put it up and pick it up and put it back down again. So, mm.
1: And Wipeout is curiously one of those games that isn't on the PlayStation Classic, which I have.
0: Yeah. Now I don't you know if I one. told
1: you. I bought one on Amazon's Prime Day for £16. <laughs> I wouldn't
0: mind paying as, £16 for a mini PlayStation.
1: As did a few. I could only order one though, it seemed, because Claire wanted one as well. Yeah. So I tried to order another, and it wouldn't let me. Ah, okay. I don't know if I'd missed the window to buy one or not. Maybe. Or the fact I'd already bought one, they wouldn't let me buy another one. I don't know. Because imagine the demand for that at 16 quid was pretty high.
0: Yeah, since they were 100 at launch. Yeah. Man. It and doesn't I mean, board well it, for that system, though, does it? Of it does sold.
1: But there's a lot of things that get right with it. I mean, the form factor of the thing, you know, the build quality... It's very cute, and the fact you get two controllers as well. I think the thing that lets it down the most is the fact those 20 games probably don't actually represent what people think of when they think, oh, classic PlayStation games. There's a few on there, Tekken and Final Fantasy, Ridge Racer, uh, Resident Evil. Then there's ones like, that. let me think, Tashinden's not an amazing fighting game. I like Toshinden. It's an early PlayStation game. Uh, there's Rainbow Six always gets the flack that why is Rainbow Six on there? Like That's considered a classic PlayStation game. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a first-person shooter-type game that it was included.
0: I think it also sold very well. Spawned a franchise. And it, like... it might have sold very
1: well. But um, I posted a video on Blast Process and me unboxing it, so you can check that out. But uh, I got a comment, actually, which was made an interesting point. That Sony, even though they're connected and they're known for... Sp- franchises like Crash and Spyro. Mm-hmm. They don't actually own Crash and Spyro. No, they don't. Uh so therefore it's probably the reason why they're not on there and that they couldn't I know they've come to deals with obviously must have with Konami for Metal Gear and Square for uh, Squaresoft Square yeah. Enix, sorry, for Final Fantasy. But I wonder if um Spyro and Crash are not on there because they've got those re releases out.
0: Oh absolutely like Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think that's even a question. Why would you? Mm. Why would you let someone get a cheaper entry point into the original game, which will give them the nostalgia they know and love, when you can sell them the newer one for like thirty dollars? But I'd argue
1: that they're different. You know, you get something more from the remasters, the remakes as they are, because they look totally different. They they play slightly different. I, and I don't think it would have been too bad to have included the older versions on the PlayStation Classic.
0: I mean I would agree with you, but at the same time, you know, you've spent all that money investing in making these newer HD remakes of the games. Why would you divert money away from that? Why would you let people buy another option when you can present them this one that you're trying and to And yet get they're still off?
1: available to download on PS3 and Vita.
0: Yeah. But I mean, in all fairness, <laughs> when was the last time Who's you downloaded it? a game on the PS3 or the Vita?
1: Yeah, recently I not so long ago. Uh, Gex. I bought Gex on the PS1. Okay. And Gex 3D.
0: Fair enough. Well, I mean, that's because you you're a sadist who likes Gex. But, I mean, uh, says I think that says a little bit more about you, Tom Parry. Do you think Gex is
1: called Gex because he was kind of edgy and it sounds a bit like sex?
0: Maybe. I mean, it's also like the 90s was the generation of putting an X or a Z on an the end X. of something. And it's like Gecko, yeah. Gex. Like... He yeah. was
1: cool, though. I don't see Gex coming back anytime soon, but that's kind of one of the remakes or reimaginings of uh, a game I'd like to see, because the PlayStation original is a bit rough around the edges. Despite despite the fact he uses the Tomb Raider engine, I might have mentioned this before on the podcast. You have. But I found that quite fascinating.
0: I, I just think Gex has had his time and place. If he is to come back, he will come back ironically in the same way that Bubsy has, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd rather have Gex back than Bubsy.
0: Well, I mean, you and me both, Tom Perry, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> have you been playing anything
1: else within I the last have.
0: week? I um, have. I mean, I played a bit more Judgment. Like That game's ticking along nicely. I'm just doing uh, a couple of side Your missions. Your feelings
1: there. are the same about Judgment as you were last time?
0: I think so. I think I think it's a solid game. I don't think it's the best in the Yakuza series. I think the detective stuff's guessing the way. I talked about all this mm. last week. If you haven't heard yeah. it, go listen to it there. Um, one game I did pick up, though, over the weekend, just because I was in Germany and I saw it, and I was like, oh, I haven't actually seen a physical copy of that on the Switch, was Dragon Quest Builders 2. I... I imagine
1: it was a bit cheaper in Germany as well, as opposed to
0: demo. About on par made... with on par. the Amazon price, which is nice, so I, I then didn't have to pay for delivery. So, But to be honest, I didn't see it in Denmark, so I, I do not have a price comparison. They only had the PS4 copy, and that was about 600 kroner, so it was a bit too expensive.
1: But you had the last one on PS4. So. I did, yeah.
0: And annoyingly, yeah. when I put this one in the Switch, I knew it was going to happen, but it was like, oh, checking in for save data from Dragon Quest Builders. I'm like, I haven't got any, because I played it on another console. Wow. Oh, that
1: would have given you some extra stuff,
0: I'm sure I would have got a costume or some building recipe or something, but I no, mean it doesn't matter. So I've played, like I said, about four or five hours, I think, at Dragon Quest Builders this morning. Um I just sat down I've heard it's better. Um yeah, it's pretty good. Uh there's a lot of improvements to the game, yeah. I would say. Um It starts off very interestingly that you're it starts after the events of the first game. And you're a builder, a different one from the first game, on a ship. And uh, you're on like a pirate ship inhabited by monsters. And they're asking you to fix various things around the ship. And that is it. Is a very good tutorial for like, okay, well, yes, you can do combat and you can make things. Da, 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 da. All under this very funny guise of these monsters going, ha ha ha, we are monsters. We rule the world. And then naturally the ship crashes and you end up on an island. And then you kind of start up the game the same way the first one did. and like You run into people and they're like, oh no, we need shelters, we need this, we need that, we need these things to mm. survive. And slowly but surely you build these things up. And eventually you meet a mountain spirit who's like, oh, I give you this island, this island of beginnings or awakenings or whatever it's called is yours, it's is your island, but you need to go to other islands to get people to bring back to this big island. So that, straight out of the gate, solves my biggest issue with Dragon Quest Builders. One is that you can't Once you complete an area, you move on to the next area and you can't go back. From the looks of things in Dragon Quest Builders, you are able to transport to all these different realms and get things and get people and solve quests in them to then contribute to your big home base. So the one you're making on the island it will actually stay throughout the game, potentially. Um, there's a introduction of some stuff uh, like farming is one of the, the biggest new things in this. So they're introducing kind of the Harvest Moon slash uh, Stardew Valley aspect to it, which, you know, as I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, I want to play a Harvest Moon or a Stardew. Fortunately, now I don't have to because I can do it in this game. Um, And it's a a lot more casual than Harvest Moon. So mm. you can go around building your world and going off and doing quests and fighting monsters and a lot of people in your town will take care of your crops and stuff for you. So you don't have to physically water them yourselves. You just set up an area and you get a a worm with a hat on, which I don't know if if it's a a thing in Dragon Quest, but like the the area you go to is blighted and you get this big earthworm wearing like a luffy hat from uh, One Piece. Oh yeah. And he speaks with a French accent. And he he burrows in the ground and gets rid of the polluted soil for you. And then you can put a scarecrow in the ground, which makes the area farmland. And so your villagers will come and they'll hold the ground for you so you can plant seeds. And it's got a lot more of a casual approach to that kind of stuff. Um, I do think where I am in this game compared to where I was in the first Dragon Quest Builders... There is not as much recipes I've received so far. Every time I level up my town, I get a couple of new recipes, which then help for the quests I'm doing with the villagers. Recipes. But, what? Yes, um, so oh. that's just essentially how you craft stuff. I should explain. Craft
1: uh, instead of doing
0: recipes. instead of doing the Minecraft thing where you lay out like heat shape out of wood and it goes, oh, it's a chair. Uh, in this game, you just have recipes and you select them and then depending on the materials you have, you go to a workbench and then you make the things and then you can lay them out however you You're want. That makes sense, yeah. Um, it's all relatively straightforward. But like I said, I don't think in this game so far I'm necessarily progressing as fast mm-hmm. as I was in mm-hmm. the original. So there's been a couple of times where I've done the first like big boss fight... Uh, where the monsters come and try and invade your town, which is very similar wave-based mechanics to the, the first Dragon Quest Builders game. And I did that. And then I was like, okay, well, monsters that come at night, uh, much like Minecraft, are a lot stronger. And I kept getting killed by monsters. And I was like, well, I can't really do anything to improve this. I can't. If I stay indoors, the monsters will come through the walls because I've not got stone yet to build the bigger, better outer walls. And I yes I have one soldier in my camp, but they've only got a stone sword which isn't as good as a steel sword. I was like, well the progression feels slightly longer in that they're trying to make it a more casual game perhaps than the first one. Hmm. And just because I've got the expectations of playing the first one I fell back into my old traps of just absolutely destroying anything I came across. It's yeah. like I was on a quest uh, to get to the shrine where the the guy gave me the island. And it should have probably taken me like a minute to walk up this path. And it was all very mysterious with these lanterns lighting up as I was walking past. But I was just laying waste to everything. So I was like, oh, great, vines over there. That's going to be rope. Bup, 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 bup. And climbing up the cliff, like taking all these things down. And yeah, it, it, the game seems to be just like, hey, man, there's plenty of resources. Slow down, we'll get there in the end. Um, But with my experience in the past game, maybe I would have been able to skip a lot of this stuff, potentially, if I would have had the save data, but that's not the world we live in, Tom Parry. I will never know.
1: But it plays fine on the Switch, then.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I've not had any troubles. I haven't played it undocked, admittedly. Some of the text is very small on screen, which makes me think ah. there's going to be very either illegible on the handheld mode or hopefully they blow it up in handheld mode
1: yeah hopefully because that's the bonus isn't it you can take it around with you on the switch That's exactly. the reason for buying this version over the uh, playstation
0: it was indeed and it also yeah. means that i can i can play this game because by all accounts is about a 60 hour game i can just play this casually on the couch or i can play it casually on the bus because the quests are very get in and out even though I enjoy playing this game, so what was originally planned to be like two or three hours ended up being four or five, like I said. But Mm. I really enjoy it. I think it's a very good game. I think there are notable improvements on the first, and hopefully there will be a lot more of those as the game progresses.
1: Well, I did hear from um, a friend, Aaron, who we've both worked with in the past. He's been playing it. Okay. And he was he was telling me a little bit about how he liked the fact that the, the villagers help you out in the town. They do jobs for you. Yes. Um unlike the original where I, I got the feeling you had to do most of that yourself.
0: Yes, yes you did. Um yeah. they are very good at like I said, they help you out with farming and this kind of thing and people have different professions. You've also got a a friend, like a, a guy, I've forgotten his name seems to be potentially the embodiment of evil in the dragon quest universe because he's got red glowing eyes and his name's the same as the main villain but mm. he he is helping you out and i think the whole revelation with him is he's, he's very good at fighting mm. so you're kind of equipping him to be your main fighter And then he will follow you around the world when you're doing these quests and he'll help you fight stuff because you're not as good a fighter as you were in the first game. So he kind of takes some of that stuff away. But yeah, there's definitely, like in the previous games, all you were really doing was people would consume your resources and you would get nothing really back in return for that. They would just walk around your town and judge things and give you quests. Whereas they 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 definitely do a lot more stuff in this game.
1: Well, it all sounds great. Uh, I don't know if it's a game for me, per se, but uh, it sounds uh, like a really good sequel that builds upon the strengths of its uh, predecessor.
0: Absolutely. I think this is exactly what I kind of wanted from a sequel to this game. It very much builds upon Dragon Quest Builders 1. And... <laughs> All in all, I think it's got a a really nice charm to it. So I can't complain. I will probably be dipping in and out of it as I play other stuff over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, all in all, very solid game. If you enjoyed the first one, I would heartily recommend picking up this one.
1: Great stuff. Yeah, I've been playing a lot more on my Switch recently as well, with with Team Sonic Racing, Fast RMX, and also a game called uh, Brakes are for Losers, which is a top-down racing game where you don't accelerate, your car is always okay. moving. You can boost occasionally, and it, it's it's a cheap game, Yeah, I think I got it a sale as well, but um, if you like that sort of Micro Machines type game, this is one of the better ones, I know there's a few of them out there, and I've been stung by a few less than good yes. ones myself, but... This one actually is quite a lot of fun, and you can upgrade your vehicles as well. It's a bit—it's a budget release, so don't expect like high-end graphics or anything mm-hmm. from it. But um, the the core gameplay is is very good, and I say if you like this sort of, sort of games, it might be worth checking out. Maybe I will. But the, so the switch. What do you think? And we didn't talk about this the other week of the announcement of the Switch Lite. Is it called? Yes, it is. Um... Did you think that was inevitable? I, I I thought it was coming right, and I yeah. was pretty certain. Oh, it's got to happen, especially with Pokemon coming along. Now the 3DS is gone. Uh, people will demand a similar, a smaller version of the console, At a lower price point, at a lower price point. But what I thought would happen, what I, what made me think that this wouldn't happen sorry is that it loses its switching capability the switch is built around the idea you can play it on a tv and then you can take it away but now with the switch light you lose that ability to play it on the tv yes making it no longer a switch and that made me think that nintendo would never do this actually right and then they have which i'm sure it's it's got an audience but i think i'd rather pay the little bit extra and have the ability to play it on the television.
0: So m- my biggest concern over the Switch Lite, and admittedly, I may potentially buy one, because there's been Switch games that Marta, uh, my wife, has expressed interest in. Oh, for, for Marta yeah, specifically? Potentially, um, yeah, potentially, because she obviously, due to her profession, travels a lot, and it would be perhaps a nice thing for her to have, to have gaming on the go, my one potential hang up a bit though is I know from experience that a lot of games are not as fun to play handheld as they are docked because of the extra processing power. And I'm mm, cute... They're not optimized no.
1: to be played in handheld. Well, it's not so much
0: yeah. that they're not optimized to be played in handheld, it's just the games, when they're put into a dock, get a little bit extra oomph in the processing power and games yeah. run better when they're docked and if they can if there's potentially a better processor in this system that makes that difference less noticeable then it could be all good but i mean i i played a lot of breath of the mm. wild in handheld compared to docked and i thought the difference is night and day
1: Oh really? Yeah. I've not experienced it so I wouldn't know but there are games Nintendo mentioned when they announced this that there were you'd have to look on the back of the case to see if the game was playable in portable mode. Yeah. But I I, I was assuming that everything was. I didn't know there were games that don't play in portable, is there something that might change in the future?
0: Potentially. I mean if there are games that just purely cannot run on the Switch itself. I hear um, Wolfenstein New Blood, or whatever it's called, um, the the recent Wolfenstein game is terrible on Switch. Hmm. I hear it, it does not run well at all, even docked. I've heard it's
1: not a great game either. No. From various reviews, yeah.
0: So, I, I'm gonna. just going to quickly Google Switch games. Not.
1: Yeah, it'd be though. interesting. Now, the Switch Lite, though, does have an improved battery life over the Switch, which makes it... a an interesting prospect. Yeah, uh, as a longer battery life is always always a plus. So it's nice to see Nintendo have actually um, integrated that into it. Yeah, but you lose the HD Rumble. I don't know if it has any rumble. I don't think it's any rumble capabilities.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I I think they've taken it out. It's
1: not a not a big deal for me particularly, but I have experienced the, the HD Rumble on the Switch, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, depending, some games use it better than others, but it, it is a step up, I think, from regular rumble. So yeah. you do lose out on that as well. The colours are nice;
0: mm-hmm. they are definitely the the console looks very fresh,
1: and they're very modern, very fresh kind of colours. Certainly trending. Yes. So, so I, th- I think that's an appealing lineup of colours. This-
0: This list I just found to go back to it is essentially there are only five games that cannot be used in handheld mode at the moment, Uh, and strangely enough, four of them are first-party Nintendo. Uh, Is it Mario Party? One, two, three, Switch. One, two, three, Switch. uh, Labo, and uh, Fitness Boxing also doesn't work because obviously you need the nunchucks. Sorry, what
1: was what was the first one?
0: Uh, Mario Party.
1: I thought that was... Oh, it
0: has a special yes.
1: offline... Uh, sorry, undocked mode, does not it? Where you can place them down
0: on the yeah, table. Yeah, but you can't play it in handheld because I guess you're playing with other people.
1: And that won't work if you have the controllers connected as well, I suppose. I
0: guess not. Um, and uh, Just Dance, apparently any version of Just Dance doesn't work with the Switch in handheld okay. mode, which makes sense because, I mean... So, no, that, that's not a lot. No. But... Uh, it does list some games that aren't as convenient in handheld mode. Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. I disagree with that. I played through a lot of Mario Odyssey. I handheld. I,
1: I played through most of it in handheld mode. Actually, come think of it. Yeah, nearly all of it in handheld mode. So <laughs> I think that works pretty
0: well. <laughs> it says that Pokemon, Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee aren't as convenient in handheld. And I'm like, What's that? that's ridiculous. It's a Pokemon well. game, yeah.
1: Uh Yeah. It it's nice to play it on the screen, but it works perfectly well in handheld. I think they're talking about perhaps the catching of the Pokemon isn't if you're not using the Joy Cons detached yeah. then you lose out on the, the throwing thing, yeah, yeah. The throwing and that actually makes it more difficult, it's easier with the handheld mode. If you're not doing yeah, that I agree. in handheld mode, so yeah, it depends what you want out of it, really. Yeah, I suppose.
0: and apparently the world ends with you, Final Remix. I could see that because the screens, I imagine, get quite small in handheld mode because it's a dual-screen game because it was for the DS.
1: Mm. But Nintendo's, Nintendo would want most things to work in both modes as well. As each One other. would assume. Because they are releasing this uh, this light. Yes, they are. yeah. So do you remember what that retails for? I can't
0: quite recall. I... It's a little less... Cannot remember. I think it's a hundred and something, right?
1: Yeah, which which is a that's a better entry point than uh, what is it, the three hundred.
0: 300, is it for is the? Is it three hundred for the Switch, or was like two seventy or something like that?
1: Ah, uh, that might actually you're right, and this this is because. Once you buy a console, you never had to keep track of how much. <laughs> no, you don't. You're going for. I was. At... Uh, I've always found
0: this. I was trying to tell someone to buy um... a pre-owned Switch the other day because it must be pretty cheap now, and no, it turns out it's just as expensive, almost as buying a, a a new one.
1: Okay, you're right, but it is close to the um, three hundred mark. It's two eighty. Yes,
0: apparently, um, Switch lights are gonna retail. At least these Amazon 200. ones are two hundred.
1: Two hundred, so it's a saving of eighty pounds if we, you know, if you live in the UK.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh that's 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 a saving. That's that's a reasonable saving for sure. I mean, I mean
0: yeah, but I mean, if they're selling the dock for a hundred, then are they? Yeah, that you could buy. Or at least you could at launch an extra Switch dock was like a hundred US dollars.
1: It shouldn't be that much, should they? The Switch docks. So, of course, the original Switch, you did have the option to play two-player, which was great. Yeah. Uh, you are losing this here. So, that's, that's a good
0: for so the dock, the two-player, uh, the rumble, customization of Joy-Cons, if that's your thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Playing the Joy-Cons, actually, um, sometimes I just prop the, the console up. If I'm out and about, maybe not on public transport, but you may be in a coffee shop or something yeah. like that, and you're waiting for something. You might want to play some Switch. I like to detach the Joy Cons in that case, yeah. uh, and and play like that because it's actually a really nice way to play. So you lose out on that customizability.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: is it is it worth eighty quid less? Hmm. So Switch docks, you can actually get a third party one. Yes, for, but they're
0: not. That? They're not very reliable. Thirty pounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This, the, the, the yeah, yeah. You're right. The um, Twitch dock itself, the official one, is 100 pounds. Yes,
0: which is nuts. Or uh, 90. You can see one here for, but yes,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, Amazon price is 90. Long, but yeah, it retailed at 100 when it first came out. Because I would have loved one for the UK. Because I was like, oh, great. Well. I, I've ranted and raved about my love of the Switch on this podcast before, with the idea of being able to take it back to the UK when I go back or traveling or whatever. But I was like, oh, great, I can have a spare dock that I can have in my backpack. And no, I can't because it's 100 quid and that seems a bit too much.
1: The processing power, is that what you're paying for? The fact it's got something in it that is upping the...
0: Yes, I mean, it also comes with like a USB-C plug and a HDMI and a few other bits and bobs. But to be honest with you, yeah, if was
1: just HDMIs, no, I know anything, so yeah, switch Lite, you might get one for Marta. And I understand uh, that idea, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be getting To
0: one. be honest with you, we'll be in Japan around the time they come out. Maybe we'll just buy a limited edition switch or something there because it doesn't really matter. We're gonna have the one dock anyway. Mm. I don't know. Uh, let's see how it goes. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Let's see. To be honest with you... It depends if you want to save save that money,
1: or you might as well have a proper one. Switch has
0: been out now, what, three years? Mm, I may matter. just wait, to be honest. Chances of them coming up in flea markets grows as time goes on. So I feel they're becoming more
1: and more popular. I think the Switch is definitely a console that's uh, gaining more momentum the longer it's uh, been out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I certainly have more games for it than I, I did have a long time ago. I remember when I was thinking, no point buying one. The only thing I want's Mario Odyssey, yep. and that was the game that made me buy one. But but now I've got ooh, about fifteen games for probably it. Probably about the same. Uh, that fit just physical, you know. Uh, download games would be would be more.
0: Yeah, same for me. I mean, I've bought a lot of budget games as well. Whenever I saw things like um, Has-Been Heroes for like 15 quid, I was like, oh, go on.
1: I recently got Scribble Nut Showdown for like seven, eight quid yeah, online. That's good. Uh, I thought that could be worth it for that price.
0: I haven't bought anything for a while, actually. I got... Um... Half genie hero for Christmas and then I yeah, for Dragon Quest Builders I picked up Yoshi but I haven't actually had a chance to play that game yet. So alright, yeah. There's
1: also Starlink that I got for a hundred chrome. Yeah. So that, that's another cheaper.
0: I do actually game. want to go and play some of the DLC for Starlink, but let's see. It's it's
1: it's cheap in the UK as well. I thought it fifteen quid a game online. Yeah.
0: So doesn't
1: surprise that's me. For the whole shebang. Yeah.
0: Okie dokie. Played anything else, Tom Parry, or picked anything up of naught?
1: Oh, too much, Matthew. You know, I have my PS two games I mentioned the other week. I haven't had a chance to play them yet. But I did uh, play a couple of Saturn games, uh, Golden Axe Duel, mm-hmm. which uh, is actually it's a fighting game that I've been wanting for a very long time. It's quite can be quite expensive really happy to finally get one at a reasonable price and it plays really well it's got really nice animation really nice character designs pretty straightforward fighter and I think that's why people sometimes say it's not worth bothering with but I think it's certainly one to uh, check out if you've got a a Saturn you can get it on PAL and Japanese mine's a Japanese copy because they're a bit cheaper Mm -hmm. but um, yeah it's a bit of a oh, is it a forgotten gem hidden gem I don't know interesting it's not quite Samurai Showdown level no. of of fantastic weapons based fighting game but uh, it's it's certainly very competent and it looks really really nice. Okay. And there's also a wrestling game. I think it's called uh, All Japanese Pro Wrestling Plus Virtua. Okay. or featuring Virtua and that's uh, a wrestling game. Probably the best wrestling game on the Saturn. It's a Japanese game. Also includes Jeffrey and Wolf from Virtua I Fighter. I guess
0: that was coming. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, it's very easy to pick up. Despite the fact I can't read any of the manual, or it has no tutorial that I could find, at least, yeah. I was able to win a match by just working it out myself. A's punch, um, B's um, grapple, C's do a move where you're in a grapple, and down and B, I think, is uh, pin. Um, so on a basic level, I was able to play it. So it's import-friendly. Okay. If you want a good wrestling game on the Saturn... Uh, then that one is probably the closest you get to SmackDown. I suppose it's not it's not fast like SmackDown, no. but um, it, it's it's very good.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: So that's just a couple of uh, picks for the uh, import satin scene. If that's your if that's your bag, yeah, Matthew.
0: not really, Tom Parry, but I do have a <laughs> Japanese satin.
1: Oh yes, well it, it's if you could choose to have. A Japanese console, I think the Saturn makes a lot of sense because the amount of exclusives, especially if you're into fighting games mm-hmm. and shooters as yeah. well, which most people probably know that if you're into those genres, then the Japanese Saturn has a lot of those games that can get released outside Japan. Yes.
0: And maybe I will pick some up next time I go there. Who knows? Oh
1: yes, Japan! Exciting times! Indeed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, to be honest, I have not played much else. Uh, Pokemon Go, and
1: nah, Pokemon Go, I have been playing. Uh, Let's go Pikachu a bit more. Yeah, still very much enjoying that game. Also, a bit of Pokemon uh, White Version Two. Finally, got a bit further in that game. What I find about that game is it's got a lot of gimmicks in. You know, one thing I don't like about Modern Pokemon games is oh do you want to do the fashion show or do you want to do the making food making poker puffs yes. or whatever they do? The add-on stuff does not interest me in the slightest. If I can avoid doing that, I will.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> and most time
1: you can, you can fully avoid these extras like battle theater where you can like record your own matches and things.
0: I mean, even no, can't be bothered. Even stuff for me where you're like, hey, pet your Pokemon. And I was like, do I have to?
1: I don't mind doing that in uh, Let's Go Pikachu just because Pikachu's so cute. Yeah. He's adorbs. He gives you like, high fives sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Yeah. It's uh, it's still. I, I like that game, Let's Go Pikachu, because it is just the classic Pokemon without the extra fills. So you know, I don't need them, but I understand why they introduce new things into the Pokemon games. To. Me. Give them something new, because essentially they are the same sort of thing every time. It's for the kids! But I like that. So. It's for the kids, yeah. Sorry, I forget that. Exactly. Yeah. And kids in society nowadays want more and more, don't they, Matthew? They do.
0: Just more Pokemon.
1: They're used to... How, how we're uh, being brought up nowadays in this consumer culture. Netflix. Everything available to you. Everything now, as Arcade Fire said in their song...
0: You tell him, (laughs) Daddy. Makes us sound so old. Okay. um...
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, if if that's it from you, Tom Parry, uh, should we wrap up this podcast?
1: I could go on all day, but we have to end the podcast somewhere and we are close to the hour mark, are we? We are
0: indeed, Tom Parry. Okay, um, if you've enjoyed uh, the ramblings of Monsieur Parry and myself, you can find us in a variety of places on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Man Attack, on Twitter at TMA Cast, Tom at Tom Parry 11 and me at Game Boy respectively. You can also listen to the podcast on BlastProcess.com as well as in iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in good old iTunes, give us a cheeky written subscribe. Let us know you're listening. We do appreciate it. Okay, Tom. Um. Well, we do, we do. I, I guess this is a goodbye from me and you, and oh. we should do that in the way that we are accustomed to on this podcast. Should we, now? We should. We should say game on.
1: G- g- game on. Game on.